Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper, you are Live from the Path. You're listening to live from the path. We're coming from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. We just rebuilt the temple. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You did. You did what? If it's what you've been waiting for, it's finished. <laughs> Whoa. That's right. Temple. You found the red heifer. Yes, red heifer. Red heifer. red heifer is done. Wait. Okay. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> What's the red heifer? It's a type of heifer. Yeah, yeah. They used to keep a piece of. No, I get. I red heifer. I gleaned that some from random red, adjective from the name. <laughs> Does everyone know what a heifer is? No, yeah, yeah, the, the, so there is a description that like this is the type of of heifer that is to be sacrificed in the temple, and so in preparation for the rebuilding of the temple, uh, there's guys that are like actively raising money to become breeders of red heifers. So See, that, like, in, like in the, cynic, the the tabernacle, uh, they would always keep a portion of the the original one, and they would. Of the ashes, uh-huh. and then so when they set up camp again, there was always a continuation. So that's the problem is we don't have the original right. from the last sacrifice. Yeah. Ooh. So yeah, they had to they got to come up with a new one. Oh, that's and that's the red heifer. Wait a minute, I I, I just want to make sure I understand the premise of what they're doing here. So let's say my birthday comes up in six months, yep. and they're basically showing up with a cake and going, "I'm ready for when the when the, when it arrives." I have one portion, and the whole rest of the stuff really needs to happen yet, but I got the heifer. Yeah, yeah. The thing that is that is, or or it's 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 actually probably even worse than that. It's it's like your grandma showing up with the cut with the plastic cutlery and standing at your door six months in advance. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's, I get that's it. what that is. I mean, I don't get it. I guess what I'm no, saying. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, and I think like you switch tones. I think it's yeah. false. It's yeah. false anyway. Uh, but that is. I mean, we're, we, it's it's complete. Got it. Congratulations. If you were waiting on the sign, there it is. You've been listening to Life in the Path. <laughs> Show's over. Hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all lock, done. Lock it up. We've we've tightened this thing. Here's what we got going on the show tonight. Um, so uh, you know, we don't we don't um, we don't talk about this all that much. But like, there was there was a a report released um, by the the British government that says that 80 percent of persecuted religious believers are Christians. And I think it's an interesting thing to talk about because. The sense of what it is to be a Christian in the United States has an automatic assumption assumption of uh, of privilege, status, power, whatever. Um, like this this belief that that Christianity is the um, is a dominant religion by people who are who are the haves, not the have-nots, um, and that the the religion itself is otherwise trying to oppress people. That it, it's the way. It's oftentimes you'll see Christianity portrayed that way within the media. You don't see. Uh, what did I see? I was looking at. Um, uh, there's a website called LifeHacker.com, and so like uh, it's got a lot of like help articles and stuff like that. And they had a video. It was like, hey, a layman's guide um, to understanding Ramadan, so that you can be an ally. And I thought I've never seen anybody produce an article or video that says, hey, a layman's guide to Passover so that you can be an ally like there's no attempt to say here's how you can understand Christianity better as someone who may not so that you can understand how to interact with Christians um, but there's a lot of uh, discussion in our country around like here's how you otherwise become accepting of other uh, of other religions mm-hmm. um, and so so what's interesting then though is that that it, it's weird if from a Western perspective Christianity is um, is kind of known as the 
like I said, the haves, the religion of the haves. But like it's, it simply isn't true. It's a right. um, it, Christianity is the most widespread religion. It's in more countries than any other place. It is predominantly um, the religion of have-nots, of people who are who are oppressed um, and, and minorities. It doesn't happen to be the case in the United States, um, but as a whole. Uh, Christianity, as a matter of fact, even even if you think by numbers, like the Christian um, Christians in the United States do not outnumber, say, Christians in uh, South America, um, of which they are a minority, and so um, and generally oppressed and marginalized and poor and all the other things that you otherwise are looking at other religions and sympathizing with, uh, Christianity takes bait. So anyway, I thought it was interesting though, is to think of of Christianity as like by far the most widely persecuted religious group. And so anyway, I thought I'd read, just read some of that for you to maintain a healthy perspective of um, not only Christianity from a world stage, but what that means for um, Christians around the world. Like we do live in a relatively safe um, structure of, of being able to follow, follow Jesus in the United States. Um, take Sri Lanka, take Nigeria especially. Just getting, Christians are getting pounded in Nigeria simply for being Christians. Like there's, there's no other reason. Um, and so the persecution that's going on with, with Christians is just something that I think um, we don't always have great visibility into. And so uh, anyway, I just thought I'd read that and we can kind of digest and talk about some of that. Hmm. Uh, also, one of the things, maybe we'll get to this if we have time, but I was reading in Leviticus um, or talking about uh, this this statute from Leviticus 19. So this is in a, a Leviticus broadly is, is God uh, providing um, teaching his people what it's like to interact with a holy God and what it means to be followers of a holy God, how it expresses in their behavior. In this particular chapter, Leviticus 19, he's talking about how they are to treat each other. And uh, this is one of the things that he that he describes in Leviticus 19.9. It says, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God, and so um, your know, bro- broad premise is to say if you're going to plant, uh, if you're going to plant a field, uh, you are intentionally knowing that you're not going to harvest all of it. Um, you're expecting that you're going to leave the edges for the poor to be able to come get. Um, when you go to harvest, you're going to drop some and you're going to leave it. The poor is going to get that too. They're going to come and pick it up. And like it's not something you do as an afterthought. You don't harvest your whole field and then decide to give some to the poor organization for the poor. It's like built in to your goods. Um, that some is going to be allocated to people that are in need because the Lord doesn't, uh, he wants people taken care of in his land. Like he, he built in the premise. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about was, is how, how do we take that concept and live it out faithfully now? Because, because I can't transplant that, I can't transplant that very easily. Like I can leave gleanings in my garden, but it's a small garden. Uh, I'm not a farmer. Uh, I, I don't, we don't produce enough food for my family alone to eat, let alone for it to benefit anybody else. And so as I think of our goods, the things that we harvest or have um, that we otherwise use to make a living or to uh, provide for our families, um, and the call that says, look, it should be built in that you are going to um, leave some um, or know that some is to be available for those who need it, um, what, what are some ways of which we might be able to like faithfully adhere to that way of treating people in our modern context? So put, be thinking on that. We'll, we'll come back. We'll come back to that one um, and see if you guys have any thoughts on that. Because that's that's um, as I was reading that, I thought like um, if you think of some of the problems that we that we have in the world, we talk about different ways of helping people. I'm like the Lord built it in. He built in a way to think about this. It just doesn't translate so easily because we're not an agrarian economy. 
Um, and so, but but I, the concept is is still good. It still faithfully um, shows God taking care of people through people. Um, and I think we can think of normal ways to like, oh, I give to this thing and I do this X Y Z. But like, um, I'm not. I wonder if there's a more personal context to it uh, because it was personal to every guy who owned a field, which was most of the guys. So anyway, p- put the thought on that. Uh, also, we wanted to talk about. There was an article. Um, it was, I think it was an opinion. Hold on, let me look. Yeah, there was a um, there was an opinion piece in USA Today um, at the end of it was originally published at the end of January in 2018. But the the, the question was who buys a trafficked child for sex, and the, the answer is otherwise ordinary men. And it was one of those articles. Dan had read it and he kind of shared it with the guys. And like, um, and I, I I don't know. It sounds like Dan you had a similar reaction, but I read it and I thought like, boy, I, just, I can't get past like at least five or six things in this article that are they're flabbergasting me. Um, and it's haunting a bit. And so, Dave, you said a similar reaction? I tell you what, it was hard to get that out of my mind, the thought of... Because of, that's always been my question. Well, who, who is purchasing this? You know, if we talk about sex trafficking, we want to stop it, we go after... The guy with the mustache and the evil cigarettes. <laughs> right, right, right. We try to shut down brothels, you know, the different things... But usually the people paying for it, they get nothing. They're not even after them. They don't right. even care. Uh, they just hang out until they do it again. And, and, and who, so it's like, well, who does that? Who, who thinks, hey, a 12-year-old would be great right now? Yeah. A 5-year-old. I'd love to have a 5-year-old. Who, who does that? And, and it really gets into that in that article. And it just, man, it just tears at your, it really, it literally rips at your soul. I mean, I, I, I couldn't get it out of my mind. I finally, I shared it with you guys. That I got to. I gotta do something, do something with, this. with this. Yeah, I, I don't know what to do with this because yeah. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to actively do something to stop it. Yeah, and it goes back to I guess in my mind is well, if the church is being the church making disciples, Jesus people don't rape five year olds, right? So the, there's that. But then it mentioned well, pastors are out there. Yeah, but that means they're not Jesus people because they're right. raping five year. I mean, you know, right? Anyway, that's that's yeah. We can talk about more later, I suppose, but. I mean, it's just an inherent mess, really. I, I mean, that literally just made me sick to my stomach. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, it, it's haunting. All right, so we're going to get to that. Uh, Man, we got a power pack show, Ben. Yeah, I know, and then we'll do some advice on dear life from the path. Let's it, skip the persecuted uh, British one. Uh, we're going to leave it be. No, go ahead. Hey, I had someone make fun of me for being a preacher. Does that count? What? Whoa! No, not really. Hey, but, what regular shirt were you wearing? <laughs> I was wearing my Jeremiah shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't a Dan original. Otherwise, they would have focused on the uh, shirt. <laughs> no, it didn't really happen. I just tried to think of persecution. Um, we don't get it. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah it's, we don't. Never happened to me in my time. You know, I, here's the thing: is is like the the most persecution I've felt as a Christian, right? Is when somebody at work gets the text messages and then they laugh and laugh, and I'm yeah. like, "What was it?" And they're like, "You you, don't, you can't see this one, Mike." Yeah, it's I'm not like, for you. Oh, yeah, okay. You're pure. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> I think I think the most. Uh, I'd hate to even call it persecuted, I've ever felt was I was at a party once in a college town and someone came up to me and said, you seem like an intelligent person. And I said, yeah. And we started talking and he just randomly started debating religion with me. And I told him, I said, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And he goes, man, I thought you were a smart guy. And then <laughs> in, instead of continuing the conversation with me, he got off of the couch and left the party. Wow. Ouch. The whole party. The whole party. He didn't leave the room he left the party. Yep. I'm going I to throw up now. I'm not going to let that go. I'm like, heck yeah, man, this seems awesome. Let's have this conversation. <laughs> and then he left, and I'm like, I can't talk to him anymore. They're like, no, he left. He left the home. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's gone. I'm like, oh, cats. Okay. 
Well, that's the end of that then. Right. <laughs> I was going to stalk him by the aquarium. Yeah, discipleship ain't going to happen that way. I was going to bring him another drink be like, hey, man, you seem like an intelligent person. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> never happened. Uh, all right. Uh, so Mike's d- disinterest uh, aside. Uh, yeah, go ahead. We're relatively quickly. Um, so this was from the Christian Post. It said approximately four of five people persecuted for their religious beliefs are Christians, according to a report prepared before the British government. Um, according to the Linkley report, 80% of persecuted believers around the world are Christians, with Bishop Mount Stephen labeling it as an inconvenient truth. Um, explained that while the statistic derives from 10-year-old research by the International Society for Human Rights, it remains accurate. Accurate. Um, Let's see. The interim report cited other research, including a Pew Research Center study from 2017, which found that Christians were targeted for their beliefs in 144 countries. Christians have been harassed in more countries than any other religious group and have suffered harassment in many of the heavily Muslim countries of the Middle East and North Africa. The report went as far as to say that Christian persecution worldwide was not only increasing, but arguably coming close to to meeting the international definition of genocide. The eradication of Christians and other minorities on pain of the sword or other violent means was revealed to be the specific and stated objective of extremist groups in Syria, Iraq, Egypt, Northeast Nigeria, and the Philippines. Now, now wait a minute. I mean, you kind of breezed over that. How, how are they harassing them? Swords. Swords. I mean, right. yeah. yeah. It's not like, hey, dumb shirt. Yeah. Right. It's it's yeah. not Christian. They're dying. It's not American Christianity where it's like, hey, man, you can't have that at our school. Yeah. It yeah, is, yeah. hey, we are going to behead you. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I feel like that's just pretty much what Jesus said. Yeah, it's a straight up attempt. Like uh, that's the thing, I suppose. He kind of told us. Is that like uh, on the uh, the opposite side? Hey, Christians are trying to convert me to Christianity. Right. Uh, other people are eradicating Christians. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we will not. I mean, it goes back to that um, the the Nazarene, right? Like um, that that sign where where people were targeting specific folks in Iraq. But like, um, it, it is it is specifically on the foundation of your of their religion of which uh, people are getting wiped out. Um, it says, uh, let's see, an intent to erase all evidence of the Christian presence was made plain by the removal of crosses, the destruction of church buildings, and other church symbols. They explain that the final report is expected to be completed sometime in the summer. Uh, over the course of the next two months, uh, we don't care. Um, yeah, okay, anyway, that's, that's, the, that's the basic, the holistic so, report. Have you ever found yourself praying... Uh, may, maybe a situation in the news happens. You hear about, maybe, you know, some some Christians getting slaughtered, or you know, you know something's happening. Yeah, and you find yourself praying for them, and then you have to change your prayer mid prayer because uh, my American prayer is protect them. You know, don't let this happen to them. Yeah. And I'm thinking that's not their prayer. Their prayer right. is let them stand firm and strong in right. it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yep. And I've, I've oh many times had to like change gears. Then I kind of feel guilty for praying that prayer because I'm like, yeah, but I don't want them to go through this. Right. But I think, but I don't want them to be like us. Right, we're yeah. soft. Right? Do, you, do you think they? You think they wonder on the other half of that? Right, like you know, you think they pray at night, Lord. I, you know, we're we're getting beheaded here, and those Americans are just tooting around, no problem at all. You know why? Why? Why are you allowing? I don't think they're this? wasting their time thinking about us. Yeah, I, see, that's the thing. It's it, yeah. it, 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 reciprocal wise. I would think that. Right, like yeah. if, if if persecution yeah. right. all of a sudden came to me, I yeah. would go. Why are you allowing this? To come right. after me, yeah. Nothing's happening in Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska yeah. seems all right. Are you? What do you want me to learn? What did I do? What, are you trying to show me something? You know, and like I, I thought, it's way personal. And God is, it, it, and, and, and I think it's a symptom of, of obviously my own pride, and uh, maybe maybe Western Christianity, right? Like I'm like, hey, why, why this? Mean? I was just saying that's a rough jab, not from you, from the situation at my own thought process, because like my prayers in my in my entire life have never been, oh Lord, uh, you know, don't just protect me in this situation, but like. 
kill me if you need to. Yeah. Like, help yeah. me stand through May it. I go down gracefully. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, if I got to go tomorrow, it's your deal. Like, yeah. I got to go tomorrow. You know I'm going to go standing firm in who you are, and I'm excited to see you. You know, it's going to be an awesome night when I get a chance to come meet you, Papa. It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. I, I think I prayed the other day about my truck working. Uh, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and even when I feel like I'm deep, I'm usually praying for the health of people around me. It's never like, hey, Lord, you know, if I got to die tomorrow, I got to die tomorrow. But make sure it's because I love you. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. It does, it, it tends, see, that's the thing. Studies like this, like, they're, they're true. And, and I don't know how to make them sit on me correctly. Right, yeah. right. Like for the day, I will take it in, and I will take it in well, and I will hum. I will, it humbles me, right? Like it's a humbling position to go, man. I've got, I, I have it so good, and I, I take it so for granted, and 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 all this, you know. And then I will continue along my ways, and it won't ever, it won't ever sink into the correct weight, right. Where I wish it would, right? Like yeah. that would be something that I would pray for. Like let this sit on me and sit on me heavy to the point where it changes me. I don't want to be this daft idiot, right. you know. And right. and. It, it doesn't quite get there. Yeah, my, my brain just went, hey, man, I should just move to North Korea. That's yeah. what I should do. But then, like, my brain is also telling me, I don't think that's what God's calling me for right now. I think that's just my knee-jerk reaction. And then yeah. tomorrow, when I go back to praying that my lawnmower starts correctly, yeah. like, ah, man, you're right. I don't let that sit on me hard enough. I mean, and it's not like feeling guilty doesn't you know that's 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 where i battle myself now i feel guilty it's like no okay god's blessed us great that's not what you're calling but that's probably why i'm so heavily involved like in in african stuff now is is okay i can do something right you know i don't have to die i might i'll go over there i mean you know it's like i don't feel danger but it's like i'm just continually supporting stuff that we're making disciples over there right hopefully it'll spread in that part of the world you, you know and Exactly. It, it's not. It, it's not like bad that you're not seeking out the genocide of the crazy cultures. Like it's right. okay to be the guy that feels called to the inner city of your local town. Yeah. Like that is still a war zone. Like sure. we still have we still have war zones here in the United States. That is, people are openly in defiance against God, or like just reject entirely uh, the concept of Christianity. And there is serious work to be done. We don't all. Ha- I mean, I'm not saying don't go to Africa or don't go to the don't right, go right. somewhere else. Like that. Remember, there's there's a spiritual war happening in the gas station across from your house. Yeah, well, my, my calling is to the spiritually apathetic, affluent people. Uh, and, and it's a tough calling. Yeah, because, rough. Yeah, they're not against it. They don't yeah, care. Yeah, people whatever. People think they've known Jesus for the past 40 years. Yeah, so. cute, cute little church you got going. That's great. I'm going to go out golfing or, you know, whatever. I mean, this right. Yeah. I, I can't tie this month. My country club dues are, are, are <laughs> yeah. coming oh, up. Oh, like, and that's the thing is people that Jesus. don't need Jesus for anything as far as they're concerned. Right, exactly. right, right. They're not, they're not praying for daily yeah. bread. They'll get their own bread. I've got a six-figure salary. I don't need to worry about where my next meal's coming from. Yeah, and, and, and actually, what, I think, Ben, you were telling me about that. There was, there was some book written by this. He was a Chinese. He was a missionary in China. Yeah. And, like, um, yeah, he felt it hard for the, for, the, for the pastors in America. Like, man, you guys are in a tough spot. That's a tough. That's a tough road to hoe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you're 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 offering them like all the things we were just talking about this before the show started is, is is all the things that you can offer in a following Jesus life as you're alive here on earth. Um, Americans can tend to create for themselves. Right. Yeah. You can you can with, with a certain amount of money you can get a pretty good sense of security, a pretty good uh, food intake, and make mm-hmm. sure that your daily bread is met. Uh, you can get you can find some kind of joy and experiences that can be bought. And and like all those things are 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 possible. Um, they're not quite as organic as you have gotten them from the Lord. You know, they're mm-hmm. not as true. They're not as as maybe condensed, full of of joy. You know, but 
we could make a pretty good replica of what joy looks like yeah. with money. Yeah. Which yeah. is why which is why Jesus talks about money specifically being a thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, People yeah. passing through the eye on a needle for a rich dude yeah. and blah blah you know, and, and like you can't worship God in money because you can get darn close to making what you thought God had to offer with money. Right. Now, if you finally take what God has to offer, you realize that money can't even come close, yeah. right? But, like, in your head, you go, this is the best that yeah. I could possibly do. My like, kids yeah. have the best shoes and right. the, the, the right name brands. Comfort and, the... and joy. Yeah. Like, God yeah. offers us joy. Yeah. We can give ourselves comfort. Yeah. See, and we don't, we don't get persecuted from those people because they're spiritually apathetic. They don't care. Yeah. There, there might be a few atheist, you know, radicals that, that try to clamp down on laws or something. You know, that's our persecution. But 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 what most of the world is facing, we're not because well, we're surrounded by people who yeah they just, whatever you do your thing, we're gonna do ours. Right. We're fine. They they're not angry at us for the most part. Yeah, we're just it, irrelevant. It, it really, really watered down fake Christianity supports capitalism in the United States, and therefore yeah. it will never really get eradicated. Huh. Well, you t- uh, I mean, it's gonna weird it's a weird train of thought to me actually. But like, you'd think that if the Lord felt it necessary. That, that that was a constant weight to humble you, he would give it to you, right? Like he would give it to you to wear because he loves you. He does all kinds of things because mm-hmm. he loves you. He, put, he lets you go through things because he loves oh, you. Absolutely. And like, and not, not to say that, that because he has not done it or does not continue to do it or impress a, press it upon you that it's not important um, that it sits on you um, or that uh, he doesn't love you enough to give you the weight, <laughs> you know. But like, it is an interesting thought to know if that would really do me some good. Maybe that's where my error in thinking is. If it would really do me some good to allow that to weigh on me, I feel like I've asked God enough. It's your day. What What do you want me to do? What do you want to do? You know. And if it was important enough for it to weigh on you to the point where it actually made a change in you, that he would do that because he loves you. That's what I would do with my kids if I thought it was going to do them any good, you know, is allow some things to sit on them. So, I mean, you give or take that. It's probably a logical thing that's 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 not necessarily applicable across the board. But, like, um, it does give you a different perspective to say, um, you know, God has put you in the place that you are. He knew exactly who you were going to be and what he created you to be, and you live where he intended you to live. And so um, there is something to be said about, about doing what, what, what you're supposed to be doing in the situation you're in, even though it looks like we're, we're half throwing it in, right? Like, uh, you know, I get to come to work and, and, you know, working for Jesus in an air-conditioned room. You yeah, know? right. And, and, and mm-hmm. so, like, I, I can count that as a blessing. Most of the time I don't. But, like, I can count that as a blessing and say, God, what, you know, help me to suffer more so I can get a better perspective of what this thing is. And he's like, look, there's air conditioning in your whole country. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Take the, I mean, honestly, it just, it just doesn't make any sense, yeah. <laughs> you know? Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, all right then. I, I don't think I can handle real persecution, though. I mean, I say that because I'm, I'm thinking that because... I, my idea of like suffering in ministry is, oh man, four families moved out of town and, and, and two families got mad and left and, and now we're down 15 families and, and I'm, I'm moping around saying, well, God, you really tested me, you know, and, and, uh, you know, geez, God, is this, should I even be doing this? And, you know, it's like, I can be crushed. Yeah. And, and right. I'll, I'll mope around for six months and then, I'll, you know, right. then, and I, then I'll have, I'm embarrassed with my prayer life even a little bit because I'm having this heart, heart, God, God, you know, I'm stupid. I mean, and I'm, saying that to him you know i'm an idiot uh, but i need i need help <laughs> you know and it, it's like really that's it my life's not on the line right right i, I mean things are happening yeah. things are you know whatever blah and all the i mean yeah in, in every situation that i'm in interestingly enough it, it sounds weird but there's a fan as in like i have air conditioning in my truck i have a fan that sits on my desk at work i sleep with a fan on in my house i mean at all points in time i i am aired out but at the same point in time it's like that 
kind of puts things in perspective where I'm like, I, I don't I have any. And, and I don't know that, yeah. that I'm living my life uh, uh, dedicated enough to, to be Christ-like that I even put myself in that kind of wheelhouse. That is interesting to think that, like, um, I, actually to follow my earlier train of thought is God has not removed the movement of air from you, Buva, because you're actually not willing to give it to him. And he's a gracious God who takes by choice. You know, sometimes by force. But, like, here's the thing. If, you, if you're like, God, you know, there's Jesus just hanging out on the other side of the door that has no knob because you have to open it from the inside. And you say, and he says, if you, I have great things for you if you're willing to give up that fan. And Booba goes, no, we ain't talking about nope. the fan. That's Not like, today. You know, that's kind of crazy. Like, so... So one of the, the coolest experiences I ever had was when I went to the Philippines, and I, I worked. I mean, I, I did not have a, an authentic experience. I was in a hotel the entire time. Yeah. But uh, I went, and, and interestingly enough, one of the first things I did the first day I got there was I asked where the local mall was so I could go buy a fan. Because, mm-hmm. like, I asked the hotel for one. They had no idea what I was talking about. What? Like, hey, I'm a giant American man, and I like to sleep with a fan on. And they're like, 90% of this country doesn't sleep with air conditioning. Oh, so I should have thought of <laughs> that. We don't understand what you're dealing with. Oh, and man. so, like, I went to a local hardware store, and I bought a fan for my, for my bedside uh, end table, right? And so when I was leaving, like, I couldn't take it with me. I couldn't put a, a small $6 fan in my, in my pack and travel it back to the United States. And so there was a driver that I had the entire time while I was there. He was an amazing, cool guy. And so I, I asked him if he wanted a fan, and he cried. And I'm like, Gus, what are you doing? He goes, I've never had a fan in my Never had the luxury of having one. And so I gave him a fan and an extension cord. Uh. And he, he cried because he was like, my kids will have a fan tonight for the first time in their lives. And I'm like, doggone it. It cost now me they're six soft. bones, Gus. Yeah. Like, that was nothing. I, we gave him all of our cash because we decided he was a cool dude and we want to help with the kids. And we weren't going to exchange any of our Filipino pesos back into American dollars. So we pulled all of our money together. Ended up being about 250 bucks between all of us. Yeah. We gave it to him. He messaged me. On Facebook, maybe a year ago, and I haven't gone about it. was in the Philippines three years ago, three or four years ago, and he messages me. He goes, I hope you know that my kids are still in school because of that cash. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, the cash you gave me paid for their uniforms and their books up until this year, and it just ran out. And I'm like, that's, that's insanity yeah. to me. And I'm living in a place where I have two Two box fans that, that are on me at all times. Double fan. No, no lie. Give one, it a win one, from both directions. One of, my face, <laughs> one of my feet and then my ceiling fan at all times. And I leave my door open because I'm ridiculous. And like I have to turn down my fans if I want to take a phone call because it's so loud in my room. And I give a small desk fan to Gus and it changes his life. Uh, we're being That's groomed, what I'm living We're in. being groomed for ineffectiveness. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Right? The fact is like, hey, like you cannot do anything unless the conditions are right. Anything goes down, I, will, I won't sleep for a week. Yeah. How many times have you done that with your Bible reading like you sit down and you're like oh i forgot my drink hold on let me get my drink and then yeah. i'll read nehemiah and then you get your drink you're like i don't know i, I could probably go for something quick to eat but i can do yeah. that while i'm reading and this is cool and then you get out your instagram photo and you're like me digging on the word which you <laughs> hey, hey on my memories today don't judge me there was an instagram photo of me sitting next to the gulf of mexico talking about how great dad is yeah. <laughs> and then i remembered I think I read a page from that Bible that day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there taking photos of my Bible on a table with the Gulf of Mexico in the background. I'm thinking Spiritual to myself, giant. hashtag Jesus, hashtag Christ follower, one, day, one page of Psalms. I'm good, God. Let's talk about walking down this beach together. Yeah. And then I walked for 10 seconds hey, you and went back me? into my air-conditioned truck. Yeah. I'm winded, Lord. <laughs> I wish I was lying about that. I ate, a buck, I ate a bucket of fried chicken on the beach by myself oh. and then left the beach 10 minutes later after reading one page of my Bible, got in my truck, and then drove through. Three and a half hours back to the place that I had just driven three and a half hours from Ooh. so that I could see the Gulf of Mexico. 
Oh. You know, Ben's right. We're bred for <laughs> We uh, suck. We're ineffective. Yeah. Like, you know, when's, where's the guy with the Instagram of taking a shot of him cleaning his closet out of all his goods? I'm following the Lord's word right, today, exactly. you know? No. <laughs> giving everything up for the Lord because I want to be that camera that goes to the eye of the needle. I'm sending some stuff to Gus. Oh, That's what I'm man. doing. No, yeah. here's, a, here's a picture of me acting like I'm going to dig on Nehemiah for hours. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was here for 20 minutes. I got lost in the language. I got to figure this out. I watched a guy do it on YouTube with hand puppets. Lord, that was crush helpful. me. Yeah. I mean it this time. Crush me. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know how many times I'm like, hey, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to get up early and get this thing done. Uh, My alarm goes off at, well, I don't know, 6.15 or something, and I'm like, I'm weary, Lord. I'm, <laughs> one day, one I'm, day won't hurt. I'm weary. I've only, I've only rendered seven and a half hours. <laughs> I, right. I, I, I got in a tight 12. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you know how it is. Yeah, you, you were you this were humanity once. Persecution of my sleep. Ask your son. It was a rough deal down yeah. here. Oh, Come on, uh, fellas. Yeah. Hey, we checked. gotta be better. Yeah, I, I checked with him. He says he was up all night praying on a mountain. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then he said, "Let's walk to Capernaum." <laughs> oh yeah, I guess we'll go is on a hike. Not, then. Is, is there not a horse in the hill country <laughs> of Judea? Oh, man. It's not even flat roads. That is the truth. I could not if at where I'm at in my life, I could not have been one of the apostles. Walk around with Jesus because the second Jesus said, Let's walk to the next town, I'd be like, Or is that town, uh, yeah. Jesus? Is that like, a taxi? Right, exactly. <laughs> like, there's wheels already. There's not a, t- I mean, come on. There's got to be actually, a way that someone can carry me to that. It goes back to our, to, uh, we talked about this uh, uh, maybe last year or something, but like, like uh, as, as a Western culture, we, we value effectiveness or not effectiveness, efficiency. Like yeah. uh, almost above all else, right? Yeah. And so, like, we really grab on to John when he's like, "Make the paths straight." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, make it easy to get there. Jesus walking hills, <laughs> hill country of Judea, stays up all night praying by himself. I can't pray by myself when it's bedtime, circa 11:30, and I'm like, I'm gonna fall asleep as I talk to the Lord. You know, I last maybe five, seven minutes maximum. Yeah. I'm out. Jesus been up all day healing people, goes out to the mountain, prays by himself all night, gets up. The boys are ecstatic. Where you been? Hey, let's walk to Capernaum. Yeah, and then dealing ah, okay. with the disciples all day. In the hill country of Judea uh, in cardboard sandals. Jesus, you want me to strike them down? <laughs> and you tell me yeah. that's the most, uh, I mean, that cannot be. Jesus didn't even plan his route for the most efficient ways. Right, like I, it just it, it just boggles the mind that like we worship uh, efficiency without even knowing that we're doing it. We, we need we need to change our little fierce faith tagline thing. I don't know what we change it to, but uh, suddenly I'm feeling like it. We're, we're we're maybe false advertising. Yeah, I don't feel fierce faith right now, guys. Uh, no, no, it's honest faith, for fierce, fierce grace. grace. Okay, yeah. grace. Oh, okay, is fierce. we're good then. Yeah, Never mind. Grace. <laughs> grace for you all. all right. No problem. <laughs> oh man, no problem at all. I, you know, sometimes my my my. Uh, Ego takes over, and I feel like I'm a pretty tough guy. But then I get the conversations like this, and I realize, oh, we're yeah. throwing it in. I got, I gotta have a, I gotta be air conditioned I, everywhere. I gotta I go. be honest. I gotta be honest, Lord. I'm, I'm not ready for the fan thing. I hear you pressing on my heart about it, but I'm keeping the one hey. fan at least. <laughs> hey, as a random, more secular side note, if the world does go under at any point in time, I. Because if I don't have electricity, that means I don't have a fan. I don't remember the last night I slept without a fan, which means that I'm going to die just because I haven't slept in a week, and now I'm, like, hallucinating and I jump off a cliff on accident. If if I go to a hotel and and there's, like, no fans, I'll I'll often buy one. But if I'm, like, like in an airplane, it's like, I'm not going to do that. I'll I'll put my iPad on. There's some great fan noise. Oh, yeah, I have one, yep. And I'm like, that's just stupid. You know the worst thing is you just need the noise? If I don't have the noise have and the, the airflow, yeah, yeah. I'm out. It's a it's compromise. Weird. If it's for a... some reason I have a fan on near me and I don't feel the airflow, I can't sleep. And if I just have noise happening, 
I'm out. I can't sleep. I okay. love it. Dear this Father, the power is out. Send a chariot. <laughs> you know what's funny? Come if pick me if up the now. power is out, I don't sleep. It's ridiculous. I'm up. <laughs> okay, so all right. So here's 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 what we can do. I will oh, give no, you man. till next week, boys. We need some alternative taglines for the reality of our program. It sounds like so far it is uh live from the path. We wanted to get up early, but we was too hot. <laughs> <laughs> or the fan was that too That is not soothing. a tagline for this show. That is a tagline for my adult life. <laughs> yeah. 18 to 27 Buva. Oh, man, I wanted to get up, Lord. But uh, then you made the convenience of the fact that my phone is right next to me. I was able to change the alarm clock from 7 to 8, and then I did that from 8 to 9 and 9 to 10. Oh, crap, I'm late. Yeah. But, tagline Buva. Basically, it's live from the path, and our tagline is, but ellipses. <laughs> but dot dot dot. I mean, we were gonna. That's the truth. <laughs> we were gonna. Honest faith, fierce grace, kinda dot dot dot. <laughs> oh man, fellas, we gotta shape up. Uh, all right, we stink. Hey, and maybe you know it. Maybe you've been listening to the show and you're like, you know what? That's dead on, boys. Yeah, you we've do stink. that for years. Yeah, re- <laughs> please, hey, reinforce the perspective so that we know we're not outlandish. That's a five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. That's a lie from the path complete line. Uh, go ahead, uh, hit, hit us up with the truth there, uh, 515-517-0085. You can leave us a voicemail, or you can send us a text, and I will check on that stuff once a week. Uh, because here's the deal. It's tied to a different uh, Google account, and I have to sign out of mine to go check it, and I simply won't do that on my device because I don't want it coming up all the time. Yeah. I look at it once a week when it's in the studio. So, I mean, I will respond to you, but it's, it's going to take a week. That's part of the dot, dot, dot thing. I was yeah. going to say, that was another one of the dot, dot, <laughs> yep. dot things. Yep. I know. Hey, we want to honestly hear your feedback. Once a week, because yeah. I really don't. If there's a fan on table. me. Here's the deal. I'm not really a big fan of, uh, yeah. of uh, logging off now, of my account and logging on to that Now, that's one. where you're wrong. Well, I, I find this to, to be backwards of it. And, I find this to be wisdom and discernment. Uh, I don't know, like, whatever this is, this uh, hot take, I don't know if I need it quicker than once a, once a week. Now, now, see, that's, it's also a, a point at our current culture, right? Like, you think because you got information fast that it's better. That's not necessarily true. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, here's the thing: I find people can take stuff in way better if you're not peppering them with it all the time, right? Like, if 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 information comes to you once every other week, you're like, oh yeah, okay, that sounds all right. But like, people beat the snot out of you, and you're like, too much. That's hey, too much information. That's the truth. And also, we we're a generation that like we exist in a place where we have access to the most information we ever have, but we know so little. It's like we, we have access to everything at Google's fingertips, but then we actually don't remember anything, and we don't have any actual knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like, if I want to look up a Bible verse that pertains to, you know, uh, any kind of uh, uh, Bible thought process or anything, a revelation, I can do it real quick. Yeah. But when it comes to a national conversation where I'm calling up things to talk to a non-believer or a believer about revelation, I'm, uh... I, I, let me Google it real quick. It really does affect the way that you read your Bible. I was listening to a guy talk about that today where he talks about that um, even when the disciples would call um, Jesus the Christ, right? He would not, he, he never quite acknowledged that, right? Like he would always correct them to son of man almost every time. They would say, like when he asked Peter, who do you think I am? He's right. like, you're the Christ. And he's like, you will see the son of man. Like he, he almost always just changes it to son of man. He goes, watch him. I'm almost every conversation. I'm like, did I notice that? I've read these Gospels. I mean, I don't know how many times. Right. And, like, I just do not take information in like that anymore because it's just as easy for me to turn around and Google and say, how often did the Lord say son of man? And that's what I would do. Right. Right? Opposed to, to, to noticing patterns in the way that, that, like, Jewish Scripture was written uh, or, or the way that the Bible is laid out. Like, I, I just don't take stuff in like that, and I miss so much of it because of that. Because I, can, I, I, want, the, I want the quick fact and the mm-hmm. quick number so I can make the point I want to make, and I want to make it right now in a, slow, it, it, in a fast way. I want to just make what yeah. I – because yeah. this is what I want to say. I'm amazed at how much I have forgotten. 
I mean, honestly, I used to be able to snap right to scriptures. Yep. And, oh, yeah, it'll be John 4, you know, and I just knew all that stuff. Yeah, it, it's yeah, I, I, I've never had that in my in my walk, in my relationship. I've never had that able to pull up those kind of verses and things like that. It's always been a, I've got a general idea of what that verse was, but, like, I can't do. The people that can do that are, are the most impressive people in the world to me. Like, if I can, if you can hear some scripture and then say, oh, that's from this. And I'm like, I will never understand that. Like, I've never once thought, oh, yeah, that's actually Matthew 15. When Jesus is talking about this, I know the chapter before and I know what's coming up afterwards. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm fairly certain that's a gospel because you said Jesus's name. (laughs) Like, that's the closest I have to it. And if we're talking David, I got an idea of what book it is, but I'm not 100% certain. It's, you know, and, and actually, it goes back to the to the you know. It, that's true with people who are good at anything, right? But the thing is, is we tend to look at them and think, man, they're just naturally gifted that way. And you missed every four thirty a.m. that they got up to practice it, right? Those people mm-hmm. that can nail that stuff out of the Bible are the dudes that are reading the darn thing. Yeah. I mean, they're having at it. They're yeah. reading it all the time. And like, right. and and like, I always thought, like, hey, man, that's a real religious stance to be like, if you can't just yank a verse out of the top of your head, I'm like, come on, is that how we're measuring things? Well, what it does is measure how often you're in the Lord's Word. That's what it measures, yeah. <laughs> and it's true. That's a pretty decent measurement. And I don't think you get to call balls and strikes on on who's a follower of Christ or not based on that. But I think it's a pretty strong following when that guy obviously he cares enough to get up. And read his Bible, but, that, but like you say, we read it differently though now. Yes, I mean, it, 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 because you do. You just you, you hit a spot here and a spot there, and and you may not even like maybe the way my mind works. I might not even remember. Oh, that was, you know, First Corinthians twelve sixteen. Yeah, I just remember it was yeah, it's one of the epistles. I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't remember the detail of yeah, it like right. I used to. Well, I think that uh, that's also like culturally and societally the way that we. Uh, bring in information has completely changed. Yeah, yeah. You know, the way we read books, the way that we write literature, the way that we take in media, the way that... We were just talking about this before the show, that that nowadays, my generation, millennials, we don't read news articles unless they're in lists. You cannot find a news article yeah. that, that, that millennials will really interact and react with unless it's you know the top 15 things that people are doing when they love somebody they're right give me the know. top i don't want all your chaff right right give me exactly. a week. Here, here's the top 12 cultural things that happened in 2018 millennials take it in it's like no i like what why and we always and the, the the benchmark for what this is is we understand that that is the way that people take in media so well that that's where they sell advertisements people sell advertisements after number nine yeah and yeah three more after number six and then another five right before number one because we're we're going through this and we go ah oh, crap ad okay fine i'm still gonna go through or i gotta click to the next page oh crap i still need to know what's at the end of this list it's this weird sense of we have to have the finality of uh, uh this conversation or of this topic you know who or did we didn't that? understand it casey Kasem did that to us yeah he did that he he started the he top wasn't that 40. the american top 40 guy yeah yeah, yeah. sorry i'm young and I we got and we got drug into it shaggy Scooby Doo from Shaggy, like that's really? that's Casey. That's the same guy. Yeah, uh, oh, that's cool. we got drug into it, and he he did such a good job. We're like, you know what? Why are we wasting our time on on sixty <laughs> or seventy? Just give me the top yeah. forty. And I want to hear the like the fifty three song. That's obviously no yeah. good. Okay. Now give, exactly. Now give me the top ten. Now give me the top five. In the, in the whole world, that's still pretty. But, sweet. but we don't pour ourselves into it. I mean. But I, like I, I would spend back in the day four hours looking up a Greek word and parsing it. And I've invested in that mm-hmm. in you know, like one sentence, right? Yeah. I mean, hours I mean, that I might not even use in a sermon, but it flavored it, right? Yeah. So I, it stuck because I knew I knew exactly where that verse was. I invested my time in it and blood, sweat, and tears in it. And now, within a millisecond, I click on a word on my software and it does all that for me. Right. Right. And I haven't done any of the effort. And so, like, I've forgotten how to parse verbs and. 
I mean, I used to do that stuff all the time. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, there is press, press, priest and stuff. I mean, I can't even. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, Actually, I think I'm, some of your problem here, Dan, is you're just old. I, it's, I, I, I've thought that, too. Oh, I mean, man. honestly, the yeah. brain. The brain uh, I mean, jab, yeah, boss. It's not a jab. It's, it's just, just I mean, don't let it weigh heavy on you. You're just old, Dan. I mean, some of that stuff just shows so, uh, up, you know? <laughs> oh, crap. I called you boss. So yeah. Quick. That's all right, sir. I'm working on it. But I have thought that, have sir Booba. <laughs> hey, don't you bring that up. No. <laughs> I know you bring it up. Don't you bring that up. I, here's the thing. Is there something There's something to be gleaned from this, and I don't know what it is. Right? <laughs> the top frankly, three things. Can that be our next tagline, too? <laughs> no one has written that's, down. That's perfect. <laughs> no one has told me the top three things to glean from this conversation. <laughs> but I'm sure there's something, there's something very convicting about the fans. <laughs> There's something very convicting about my my inability to get up and, and read my Bible. We are changing the world. Yeah, you know. There's something convicting that that that, that people are, are being persecuted throughout the world. And and Dan's right. If one person leaves your church and they say one negative thing about your sermon or whatever, you're like, well, I didn't think it was. That's that all bad. you're thinking about. Yeah, you're like, well, are they right? No, they're not right. They're just bad people. <laughs> you know. That's it, fellas. Live from the path. I think there's something to be gleaned from this. I'm just not quite sure what it is. Dot, dot, dot. It takes us a long time to separate the wheat from the chaff. We're on 10 years. <laughs> so far, we haven't found any wheat. I was going to say, 10 years in, I bet we could parse together maybe three good shows. You ever wanted to know what chaff was? This is it. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks, it looks just like good wheat. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Live from the path. Uh, uh, you're listening to Live from the Life Path. Here's the deal. If we were a better show, we would be sponsored by Bob Eisenhower from the Eisenhower. Yes, we would. Uh, hey, if you're buying or selling a home, give Bob a call. Here's a, uh, He has not uh, actively sponsored with us for quite a long time, ever since we left Terrestrial Radio, but he's still a good dude. He still uh, does good work, and he's still a great realtor. So, uh, hey, maybe if you need something from Bob, give him a call, 515-979-2883. Uh, shoot him an email, Bob at EisenlauerTeam.com. Uh, you, John, you can hit cook up with John at the Eisenlauer team. He's good. Bill's good. I, they're all solid. Yeah, that's, that's a, Yeah, they really are. They're great. They're yeah. great dudes. Anyway, I have a I have a uh, I have a magnet from from Bob from back in the old times, <laughs> and I thought you know, and he's looking good too. And I thought you know, he's he's good people, and he's a redemption for this part of the show. So. I bought I bought a house through Bob eight years ago. Oh. Eight years ago. What? And he sends me a card every year. Congratulating me on the, on my purchase of the house, hoping it's going well, and like a gift card to somewhere. Every single good year, business. that dude is a cool dude. I don't ah. even know who we bought our house from. No mm. idea. No, nope. it wasn't Bob Eisenhower. <laughs> <laughs> or you would know. I mean, we just came came to town and said, "Hey, you, do you sell houses?" They said, "Yeah." And I, I don't even See, remember the process. This, this is why people become Eisenhower. realtors. Is yeah. because of that. <laughs> at the at the end of your thirty year mortgage, you will still know who sold you your house. Bob yeah, Eisenhower. Something to that. He invites me to his Easter egg hunt every year. Hey, That's we're having right. an Easter egg hunt, not put on by his church put on by him they're putting on an easter egg hunt they take over a giant park the house Here's he's the selling and he just I, invites everybody i can't travel without a fan and bob eisenhower puts on his own easter egg that's right bob i'm sorry i'm not a better man yeah. <laughs> sorry sorry yeah life from the path sorry bob <laughs> yep tagline again these are good these are good all right um <laughs> listen to life from the path so let's. I, I tell you what. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna give us a week on that Leviticus 19:9 question. Okay. Um, we're gonna think about. So, and this is for you guys on the uh, on, on the complaint line too. Um, how do we actively 
uh, be faithful to this concept from Leviticus, Leviticus 19.9. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. What might that look like in our context? Mm-hmm. And let's, let's find some practical ways uh, on how we might express that concept um, in our day-to-day lives and kind of be faithful in that thing. Hey, man, just to hit the other side of that, it occurred to me after you read that that, like, the poor are coming to get it. Yes, like true. They're, like they're doing something. There's, yep. there's an action involved yep. for them. It's not just giving them a handout, you know, or like gathering it up and then dropping it off as a blessing, you know, like yep. putting a bag together and being like, right. here. Like it's intentionally leaving something for someone else to be available for right. them to come get. It's yeah, not there's just work on their part that they have to do. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, that actually that that was a weird. That's a, it's a good distinction actually because I think I have I've talked about this this um, section before, and I think it's clear that like they're they're not having to work, do work for the owner to to earn the, the, the what the harvest is. It's to be available, but they do actually still have to go pick it up. Yeah. They have to go go follow the person, go glean it, put it in the basket, do whatever they're going to do with it. No one's preparing meals. Like yeah, there, there is some effort involved in it. Um, yeah. So anyway, put the put the put the thoughts on that. Um, so it, this was um, here's here's the broad st- uh, statistic statistic. More than one million children, according to the International Labor Organization, are exploited each year in the commercial sex trade. Uh, Indie Star columnist Tim Swearens, through the support of a society of professional journalists, spent more than a year investigating a lucrative business where children are abused with low risk to buyers or traffickers, despite tougher laws and heightened international awareness of the scourge. Here's the story. On the day she met Marcus Thompson, the girl later told the FBI she had been ready to leap from a bridge to end her life. She was only 15, pregnant, and alone on the streets. And in this wounded child, Thompson saw a means to make money. He promised that if she left her small Illinois town with him, he would make her a model. Grasping for hope, she climbed back into his, climbed into his truck. But the promise was a lie. Instead, in the summer of 2015, Thompson and his wife Robin forced the girl on a nightmarish six-week trek across the southern United States. Photographed in suggestive poses and marketed online, she was sold out of hotel rooms and truck stops to any man with the money and the desire to buy sex. The justice system eventually would work well in this case in several respects. The victim was rescued and provided with treatment. The traffickers who exploited her were caught, pleaded guilty, and were sent to prison. But what of the men who paid to rape this child? What consequences did they suffer? Not a single one was ever charged. That same breach of justice is the norm in thousands of trafficking cases. About 10,000 children a year suffer the horrors of commercial sexual exploitation in the United States. Each victim, on average, is forced to have sex more than five times a day. Yet the buyers who fuel the child sex trade are seldom held accountable. Most just blend back into their families, jobs, and neighborhoods. Until the next time. In the Thompson case, the victim, too young for a driver's license, told the FBI she was beaten once for attempting to escape and was threatened with being thrown to the alligators if she tried to run again. Marcus Thompson, according to federal authorities, raped the girl five times. Still, the child retained some independence, uh, enough to say no when a buyer demanded anal sex. But a refusal came at a brutal price. The man who bought her complained to the man who sold her, and she was beaten again. At a hospital in St. Louis, the abuse finally ended when the girl was identified as a sex trafficking victim. The Thompsons, based on her descriptions, were arrested. Marcus Thompson is now serving a life sentence. Robin Thompson, who helped place the online ads and booked the hotel rooms, was sentenced to 20 years in prison. In her victim impact letter... Read by Reagan at the sentencing, the girl wrote, It's hard to wake up every day and remember the people that I had sex with. In the past 16 months, I've witnessed the worst of human behavior, said the reporter, while reporting for this project, one that's taken me across eight counties, countries on five continents. I've talked to six-year-old, six-year-old trafficking victims. 
visited a shelter where the oldest survivors were only 11, met a five-year-old boy living with his parents in a squalid brothel in India, and interviewed survivors who were raped by hundreds of men. Yet the ordeal of that one child from Illinois, beaten for saying no, has haunted me in particular. It's stuck in my mind because it exposes a harsh truth. In the sex trade, buyers and sellers view the children they torment as property, and property cannot say no. The project began with the question, who buys a 15-year-old child for sex? The answer, many otherwise ordinary men. They could be your co-worker, doctor, pastor, or spouse. They're in all walks of life, a 17-year-old survivor from the Midwest, trafficked when she was 15, said about more than 150 men who purchased her in a month. Some could be upstanding people in the community. It was mostly people in their 40s, living in the suburbs, who were coming to get the stuff they were missing. Now, so far, does that fit what you were expecting? When we talk about people who buy, I mean, I suppose we're not, we're not even, it's probably true for also who's just buying in sex in general, but like who ends up having sex with under, with children. Um, are you surprised to find out that it is mostly people in their forties living in the suburbs who are coming to get stuff they were missing? Yeah. I, I, I kind of picture CD people that have no social life. Yeah, like like um, uh, socially awkward. Yeah, yeah, or out, like people who um, uh, it's, it's a hard subject to use words around because I yeah. feel like you're gonna use the wrong ones. But like right. people who um, who had no outlet for this at all, and so yeah. are willing to accept um, the most degenerate options available. Yeah, um, not people who are living lives that you otherwise might consider normal, undereducated. Y- yeah, right. Uh, like who who've ex- who who have somehow have a skewed version of. Uh, of accepted the wrong version of reality. Um, here's what explodes, Dan. I suppose is is how easily we are fooled into what and how I think of normal, on how yeah. I categorize things as normal. Well, look, that guy's got a job and a family and uh, is uh, relatively respected. Maybe he's got a decent pair of khakis. I'm like, oh, well, that seems like a kind of a normal dude. And it feels like yeah. who's buying sex with a 15 year old? Freaking normal dudes. Yep. Like our standard of normal is jacked up. Yep. The scale of the trade indicates that it's not a small number of men who pay to have sex with kids. A 2016 study by the Center for Court Innovation found that between uh, 8,900 and 10,500 children ages 13 to 17 are commercially exploited each year in this country. 10,500 children each year. Several hundred children, 12 and younger, a group not included in the study, also suffer commercial sex abuse. The researchers found that the average age of victims is 15 and that each child is purchased on average 5.4 times a day. I've interviewed victims who are forced to have sex with more than 30 men in a week, more than 100 a month. To determine a conservative estimate of the demand, I multiplied the lower number of victims identified in the, in the study by the rate of daily exportation, or exploitation and then by an average of only one workday per week. The result, adults purchase children for sex at least 2.5 million times a year in the United States. Bova, you think that high? Do you have it in your mind that that might be that high? Yeah, me neither. I, 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 I guess I, it, like the, the, the act itself is so inconceivable mm-hmm. that to think about like how, like how much, it's outlandish how much. I mean, even if you're feeling desperate or whatever, you're paying for sex, and then as you see it's a child, how could you still even go, oh yeah, I'm going to go ahead with this? Like, oh, no, I was expecting an adult prostitute or something. Or I, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, how do, you, how do you take the innocence of a child and do that to it? Yeah. The, um, 
Yeah, I just, uh, I, I just don't. I mean, I, I, I don't get. I mean, I, there's nothing to get. Like, I, I don't know. I don't ever want to be in a mind frame that says, "Okay, I understand." Yeah. But, but like later on in the article, it talks about. Um, uh, let's see. It's attempting to put buyers who exploit children in a box um, to say that all of them are pedophiles. A small, um, a small percentage of the population driven by a deep sickness. But researchers and survivors say that that's not the case. Um, international researchers found that the great majority of men who pay to exploit children are opportunists. They don't set out specifically to buy sex with the child, but neither do they walk away when faced with the temptation. Survivors I interviewed reported... How is that freaking possible? So, yeah, li- right. l- listen to what she says. Survivors I interviewed reported similar experiences. One of them, exploited um, when she was 15, said only two men turned and left the motel room when they saw how young she was. Even those two didn't notify police about the ongoing abuse of a child. How is that possible? More than 100 other men who paid to have sex with her stayed. They just didn't care about her age, she said. In the room full of sex buyers enrolled in a court-ordered program in Seattle, I asked, do you ever think about the life stories of the girls and women you purchased? The men appeared uncertain about how to answer. Then a former once-a-week buyer arrested for attempting to purchase sex from a police officer posing as a 15-year-old girl said... I don't want to know how the sausage is made. How, how did they not punch that person in the face? Yeah. After that quote. I mean, honestly, the reporter. Yeah, I, I don't. So this brings up a Bible verse came to, <laughs> funny enough, a Bible verse came to memory um, when you were reading this, and it's out of uh, Leviticus, Leviticus 20. And it said, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the people of Israel, Any one of the people of Israel, or of the strangers who sojourn in Israel, who give any of his children to Molech, shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I myself will set my face against that man, and will cut him off from among his people, because he has given one of his children to Molech, to make my sanctuary unclean and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do at all close their eyes to that man, when he gives one of his children to Molech, and do not put him to death, then I will set my face against that man and against his clan, and I will cut them off from among their people, him and all who follow him in whoring after Molech. And obviously that's that's not what we're talking about here, but it's what we're talking about here. Right? And this this is our back door. This uh, isn't, you know, oh, India. I mean, it is there too, but... Right, two and a half million in the United States. Yeah. And God says, don't you close your eyes. Don't you close your eyes to that. Don't you act like you don't know that that's happening. And it's, 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 it's crazy to think, um, we, we talked about the demand. It says, another reason for the growing exploitation, buyers face little risk. That you're unluckily if you get caught. It's fairly free of risk to travel to another country and abuse children. It's a low-risk crime for domestic abusers as well. In 2015, Congress strengthened federal anti-trafficking laws to provide prosecutors with more tools to go after sex buyers, but they've only modestly increased as a result. Um, let's see. U.S. Department of Justice. Um, like, like the local government, state and local jurisdictions tend to use sting operations which undercover officers pose as exploited children to stop buyers. Although such operations net thousands of would-be sex buyers each year, most of the men arrested plead down to lesser lesser crimes. And it's rare for police and prosecutors to pursue buyers after they've paid to abuse children. That's true even in the most nauseating of crimes. Because we don't have the infrastructure to hold them? Or what? 
Uh, it's not worth it. It's not. It's oh, not punishable long so enough. Prosecutors or? note that they face several obstacles in pursuing charges, including the need to show that a buyer knew or should have known that the person he paid to exploit was underage. Victims, traumatized, frightened, frequently dependent on drugs and alcohol, often don't make strong witnesses. Prosecutors also must weigh whether putting a child on the stand where defense cross-examinations can be, can be rough will further wound the victim. We can find the guy. Who's, who's the craft? We can find the guy who owns the Patriots because he got a handy from an Asian woman in Florida. Yeah. That's, I mean, I get it. Uh, let's spend our time on it. But, like, can we, can we go? I like this better. Can we go after this one? Let the old man be for now. It's, it's this this was this was tough, and I think Dan, this was kind of what you were talking about earlier. Like, um, like it's a th- it's a thing you I think you know about, right? Like, if someone were to say, "Hey, this thing goes on," you'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, right. I, I know it goes on," but like, um, it's tough to have it land. Maybe I just haven't I haven't had it land in such a way as like like the the the, the, the numbers are staggering and like the the blatant. Um, like that, 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 that we're not making it doesn't does seem like we're making much progress mm-hmm. right that, like that people aren't being caught and, and punished and and it's this mystery like if, yeah. if you see someone catching a house on fire you can go stop them yeah you can do something this is like we just know it's happening somewhere out there right do you hang out at all the truck stops uh, I mean do you put guards at every hotel I mean, how do how what do you do? Do we volunteer to be guards at every hotel? You yeah, know what I'm saying I, I, like, I mean, but I wouldn't know if some dudes with his teenage daughter on vacation. I've gone on vacation with my daughter, or is it someone with their victim? You know, we were asking about that. When, remember, we were talking with uh, Nate and uh, Nate Baird and the Wings of Refuge, the Wings of Refuge folks, um, because they 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 help with the victims. Um, and I, and we were looking for resources that says like like tomorrow's Tuesday. What do we do on Tuesday? How can we do this? Like how can we in in our eighty day lives? Like how can you be a proper an advocate for this in such a way that like hey can I recognize errant behavior? Um, can I? What, what, what do you support? Here's the thing: there's there's people doing this work. I when we say mm-hmm. like the, the the numbers are staggering, we're not making much progress. It isn't because there aren't people that care about this. It's a difficult it's a difficult thing to fight because it doesn't tend to not happening like in my office building right and so um i thought i might have found a list somewhere going back to our list problem on things we might be able to do but like um i th- i think that's the struggle it's, yeah. it's it's not implicit it's not like super obvious we're like hey i'm gonna do something about this tomorrow except all i got is uh maybe i have a valid ministry to the apathetic affluent you know, spiritual people, because you turn them into Jesus people, and they're not—they're the people raping the children. Yeah, it, according to this article. Yeah, it's a suburban forty-year-old successful right because person. Who, who are we looking for in our churches? We're looking for the mustachioed fella. Yeah. We're looking for the wiry guy who doesn't yeah. got weird relationships. Right. It's like, like the, if the churches stop playing games and, and disciple, this will stop happening or slow down. I mean, one person who stops buying sex is one person who's not violating someone. Right. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's a good point, Dan. Like we have to own. It's it's like the church is is, is taking a long time to own up to pornography. It's taken it's taken a long time to own up that like we are 
um, our our standard of normal has has made its way into the church. Where sometimes I think maybe um, I don't think this is intentional among churches, right? But like this seems like a peripheral thing. We don't we don't have to teach on hey, don't rape children because our people aren't raping children. But you know what? Something something's going on. Somebody is. Somebody's doing it. Yeah. yeah. So I've been I've been sitting back kind of intentionally for the last ten minutes listening to this uh, because I really didn't know how to quantify my reaction to that and. I realize as I'm sitting here trying to think of it, I, I had two very distinct reactions to that. I think the first one is, is um, more so than I've been able to quantify. Uh, I'm crying right now because I'm so mad at this situation, and it sucks because I know <laughs> my, my animosity and my fury right towards anyone that can, that can do that to a child is is almost uncontrolled right now. But secondly, or importantly, we are in a place where we are fallen in a fallen society. And we as an American church have to have workshops on how to talk to people about Jesus and how to bring people to this stuff and worried about the Bible tracks that we use, worried about the, the best ways to talk to people about this. It's just freaking to do consequences to a fall. There are realistic consequences to the people that are affected. Children. Because there are people that follow Jesus and do it's mercy that is all that hurts. And here I am in a place where I'm still worried about my frickin' fans. And this is happening. That hurts. And there's a lot. The beauty is you have a group of, of Teens, yes. yeah, in you know, who yes. are on either future adults and also, you know, I uh, think that's why it hit me as hard as it did that I yeah. was listening to that, like the ages, yeah. like that's yeah. scary. That's yeah. scary to me. If uh, there's no good Jesus stuff that's going to come from what's on my heart right now for the rest of that, so that I'm just gonna yeah, that. yeah. I tell you what, uh, my 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 wife works at a school here in town a mile from this building and she's in a position where she knows a lot of stuff and it is insane what these kids are going through. We, 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 we talk about the kids and they're unruly. That's insane. Some of the stuff that's happening to these kids. And I, I yeah. What? <laughs> we gotta get off our butts and make disciples. That's, that's all I can think of. There is, um, uh, from that article, there is um, uh, something that they do called the Aruna Project. Um, and they, 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 um, th- their description is, we free, empower, and employ those from the brothel system and bring them into an environment marked by holistic care to help build a bright future. Um, they do it by um, kind of sponsoring 5Ks um, to help raise money in, in, in areas. Um, they use the money to then um, kind of hi- uh, hire uh, workers. Um, to give them legitimate work, there, guys. There's a lot of there's a lot of people doing very important ministry work. There's um there's a there's an organization called Saving Moses, and their 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 gig is they um start out simply by trying to set up night care for for children, so that when their parents when their mothers go do um, sex work at night, they don't have to take their children with them. They can leave the children somewhere, and like. Guys, sometimes uh, I, I think we I, I read some of these things and like um, I want I want a big solution. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know what, like the, the person that's willing to say, look, I can, I can help with this thing. I can give them a place to take their kid. So let's keep the kid out of the, out of the environment. I uh, say we can't solve for everything right now. Let's so help with this. And then it starts to create good relationships with the mothers, helps them find opportunity. A lot of those places that where Saving Moses is doing work, it's dip, frankly, it's, um, it's not just, hey, did I choose this life? Like it's, they're forced into it. They're trapped. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I, I'm confident there are places to give, there are places to give and to serve mm-hmm. around us to these types of things. Um, and I think part of it is to not, not let it go and not to, to, to let the world uh, around us um, have, be a settled snow globe. The, the thing that kind of, once, you, once the dust went down, it, then everything looked as normal as it was until someone shook it up again and we opened our eyes and said, look at this thing that's going on around us. And like, I, whatever, this is a terrible thing. There's a host of things that probably fit the category. But like, um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it is... It is hard. Maybe, maybe, maybe what I'm, what I have in my mind is that it's hard to deal with this, not only because of that it's happening, but there's a guilt to the blindness associated with having not mm-hmm. spent any time or effort thinking about it. That makes sense. You feel? Yeah. You think any of that's Dan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, or 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 even just knowing because you've read the articles, you've heard the stories, but just doing nothing because you think, well, I can't do anything, right? I, I suppose it's, maybe it's kind of like the old uh, starfish story where they're all you know dying on the beach and your th- dudes throwing one at a time yep. back and, and they're like what what are you doing? I'm saving the starfish. Well, you can't save them all. There's millions of them. It's like well, I save that one. Right, you know? got that one. Yeah. yeah. If we can figure out how to save one, yeah, uh, and then another one, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but it's like where do you start? I guess it's so inconceivable to me. I don't know where to start. I don't know. Right. I mean, I do my little things every year for Christmas. Our girls get stuff that 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 uh, people who come out of trafficking are selling goods. You yep. know, there's some ministries that do that, and there's one from India we always buy from, and uh, one from Haiti. I think I can't remember. Um, every year they get Christmas presents that these girls. Have, I mean, you know, that, but that's doing something, but it's not really anything. I mean, yeah, that, that's throwing some money at it. But yeah, so here's the th- here's what here's where I, uh, I struggle. I suppose is that like. Um, it it, it it always we run the risk, I suppose, of saying, "Yeah, I, I did that thing. I bought the. I, I went to that 5K and I bought yeah. from from this organization. I bought the jammy pants. Yep, I did it. India. But, but I wasn't part of. Like, I didn't think. I didn't point a guy out who was out walking out of the Motel Six. Yeah. And like, I feel a little feel like, well, I, am I really doing anything? And I think it's that's it's the same question we're asking when we're talking about international missions. You know, it's like, am I really doing anything? Yeah. I think Dan, from your experience, like you know that you are doing something giving time and money something something's happening and so like i think it doesn't have to be it's probably not all or all or nothing like like those are good things let's start with the things you know you can pull the trigger on now i know i can i know i can do those things and then not give up on the say was it was it look to take one more step in and then from there what does it look like to take one more step in well you know here's the thing like uh, in africa we, we we know there's a huge child sex trafficking going on there so we're planting a church in, in June, and it's really part of my thought is, is well, let's change the culture then. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that, but, but shoot, it's happening here. Oh, right. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I don't know what to do here other than just do what we're doing and trying to bring people to Jesus, but I don't know a first step. Yeah. I mean, isn't that kind of what it points to is that it, it, it is your people. 
Yeah. It's my people that are doing this. Right. Right? Like these are these are these they're are, our neighbors, our coworkers. Yeah. Are, that's <laughs> right. They're the people sitting in the sitting in the chairs on Sunday, you know, singing singing when the when the cross ran red. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, hey, I you know, may, maybe you just maybe we just assume that if they're here to listen about Jesus, that we shouldn't even have to bring up the fact that this is so far from God's heart, it's not even funny, and it is completely damaging. And and maybe we do. Maybe maybe we let. I you know I I it feels like maybe it shouldn't it should have it shouldn't have to be said, you know. Right, right. But at the end of the day, it's it's some of our people doing it. This is just like when 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 the Catholic Church comes up with this stuff, you know, and stuff happens, and 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 we have to turn around and look in a mirror and go, this is our people, this is our people. Not only allowing it to happen, but trying to soften the consequences for the people that are doing it. Yeah. And and, and, and us acting like it's not our people or that it's not a, a concern within our group of people, well, it can't be any of our folks. I'm sure every pastor in America thinks that. It's not our people. There's no way. I know all our people. We're good. You know, they got regular struggles, marital problems here and there, financial woes or whatever, having a hard time handing their whole life over to Jesus. That's mm. probably what it is. But it's definitely not child trafficking. Right. That's not us. Right. You know, well, that can't be true, can it? That can't be true. Right. And, and, and it's, it's, it's God's work. It's God, the Holy Spirit's work to convict and to bring to him. And we're talking about if we can, if we can just... Man, this is, I mean, that's so hard. We can spread the gospel well enough and loud enough and, and honest enough that it, it keeps that guy from ever entering in this in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's not like that we wish the man who's done it, that you can't wish 10 years ago I wish someone would have caught him and, and talked to him about Jesus because not only would he have not done this, but he'd have been out looking for the other guys that were too. It multiplies really, really fast. And I think it's us, like I said, you turn a blind eye to the problem because it's not impacting you right now. And that's that's crappy. And it's so hard to take an issue that doesn't affect you and try to make it your principal thing, right? It's way easier to notice when the power's out at your place and that power power to the rest of the world's a problem when it ain't working at your house too. That's why we that's why we have a hard time with persecution stories. We're like, I you know, I don't I have nothing to relate to there. As much as I want to, as much as I want to feel it for you, I just can't because it hasn't affected me yet. And like, dang it, we can't wait till everything affects us before we get involved. And obviously, it's affecting us now because it's our people doing it. People probably under the banner of Jesus Christ, probably dropping their own kids off at Sunday school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And we just letting people. We just we can't we can't we just can't allow that. We can't allow people to drift that far or to have that much rope or not understand what the what what following Jesus actually looks like. It looks like submitting to something bigger than you. And maybe we're not clear enough. I don't know. I mean, obviously we're not to blame here, but like there, there's something to be said that we know it gets fixed with a life following Christ. We know that. And maybe I mean that's enough. I don't know. Dang it. Yeah, I, I don't know. That there's not a tight summary here. Um, I think this is a um, this is a pressing item. This is an ongoing thing, and I and I think it's a um, um, it's a yeah, it's a continued discussion. I so I was hoping to 
um, there, there's a there's a, a lady named Vanessa McNeil who did a documentary called Grid Shock, and it's about um, sex trafficking in Iowa. So like like now we've taken this article this guy's provided the perspective of what it's like nationally and internationally. Um, she looked at it on a local level. Has had excellent like very um, rave reviews on her on, on this um, uh, documentary that she's put together. Um, and so I will um, maybe I'll see if we can't get a hold of her and 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 maybe she can help um, help us understand what does it look like locally. What does it mean for fellas like us? Um, what do we what what can we do to actually be of help in situations like this? Because um, we don't want to do, we don't want to support. I want to support aftercare, right? But we want to make aftercare not necessary, right? Yeah, that, that's, that's the thing is that like. Um, Here's here's where uh, the Western minds are great at. Um, we're we're we're, um, we're businessmen. We're root causes. Let's get to the let's get to the brass tacks of this thing. What's the problem? Uh, and then we want to be part of solving that. Um, and then you've got. But the truth is, is that like I, it's not. Um, that's not how it works. Um, you can do that, but the reality of the situation remains what it is until the point at which that's done. That's why things like Saving Moses exist. Why the nightcare stuff exists. And so like. I think it's um I think where we we are more likely to get stymied for not knowing what to do than we are to have wasted effort on things um that are part of the solution. And so I'd almost default to saying um let's let's I'll I'll take anything in the train. Give me anything in the sequence of events. How do we keep people out? Done. Right. right. How do we help the kids uh so they don't go with the prostitute mom? Done. Some sow, some water, some plant. Right. Yeah. Give us, give, give us something. Give us a shovel. That's yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Can, we, can we? Can we help? Can we connect with Wings of Refuge who are helping in the after part? Done. You know, like I, l- let's mistake on let's mistake on chucking the stuff wildly out there. Yeah. Uh, I overinvested, and I just I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be better than today when you go. I didn't do nothing. Yeah. I don't. I, mean, I wasn't sure what to do. So I, I did nothing. So I. So I. I chose. I decided to hang out at a truck stop for an hour. And see if I could pick anybody out. Felt real good that I did something because that was the thing. Fingering a dude for being the being the the, the bastard. I mean, that, I'm sure that feels good. Feels like you got something done. Um, and, and I don't know. There's there's guys that do that. There's a, the, that guy from Remedy Drive, the band, uh, Christian band, does that. He's involved. He's part of going other places and being part of the sting operations. I get it's freaking awesome. I get text messages from like twice a week from that organization that says five five girls freed. Two young boys free, like it's all. It's it's awesome the work those guys are doing. Um, that is not the only way that we can help. Um, I would say be open to that. Um, but like, let's start with whatever we can do, and then and then just keep taking one more step in. I think that as you start get connected with organizations, you start finding opportunities. Yeah. Everybody, everybody in this room has unique sets of skills, taken style. Like, there's things that you can do to add to organizations that help or figure out how to help with things, and I'm I'm sure you'll find a way to use them. You know, I was, I was thinking, like, like Mike, you were saying, we need, to, we need to be teaching people, don't have sex with kids. You know, I think, well, is, is that it? Or is it maybe a step back of just, just plain lordship? Yeah. I, I, you know, it's like, because yeah, you can't teach every situation, uh, but if they get lordship, or I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to concept, you know, like, what, 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 is, what are we not stressing? What are people not catching enough? Um, I think we teach, we all teach lordship. Yeah. Uh, but, 
That you're right, Dan. I mean, you can't. I was thinking about that when I was saying it's like, well, you going to have a sermon series on not doing this, right? Yeah, I mean, like yeah. it seems they're thirteen. No, it seems I mean, out of uh, you know just ridiculous. Yeah, that yeah. you would even have to do it. But like, all I can do is picture is just picture in the middle of a, of a, of you standing up and preaching, going, "Look, fellas, is this you? Is this you doing this? Because that ends today. You turn yourself in today." You be done with that today. Yeah. Today. It has to stop today. Because because Jesus said so. Because Jesus said so. Don't don't do that to people. Just stop it. You know, and here's the thing is like and, and, and maybe I get fired up about this a little too long, but we take we take this train of of grace and it's all true. And it's all from God's heart. It's true. And then we give people the option like it takes fifty years to stop doing the thing. Yeah. Stop it. Just stop it right now. Just stop it. Yeah. It's not acceptable. The thought isn't acceptable. The fences that you set up that are too far are not acceptable. You should be fenced into a fence by fence this. You should live at your house by yourself the rest of your life if it keeps you from doing this. Like, let's start looking at, at, at things more pragmatically in a reality. If God means something to you, and if, if not sitting against your Lord means something to you, put yourself in a tight room and stop acting like you deserve the freedom to act like this because you don't you don't deserve that i don't it's it, it, it's it's it, maybe it's more of an american thing right because we we bench everything on freedom you should have the freedom to say i know when i need to be prisoner i know when i need to be chained to something yeah turn me in turn me in if you did something turn yourself in if you're gonna do something lock yourself in and then have someone else lock you in too set up so much accountability that you couldn't stray to farm if you wanted to that's a guy that loves Christ. That's a guy that wants to follow with all of his life. It says, I'll give you my freedom too. I'll give you my rights too. I'll give you everything because I love you and you're God and you have give, shown me grace for what I've done up to this point. And, we, and, and everyone always wants enough rope to hang themselves. And I don't think you understand following Christ right if that's true. If you know how much rope it takes to hang yourself, you should very well Set up some fences, doors, and locks before that rope gets out that far. Because that's just stupid. It's just stupid and not well-intentioned. Everybody makes mistakes on the fly, on the snap, in the split decision. They pick the wrong thing, right? But if I can look at my life and go, this causes me trouble. This puts me in a place where I will both sin against God and his people. And, and, and tack all the sin, all sin in the world together in a big pot. And then point at this one in particular. And say, I shouldn't be anywhere near any of these places. Ever, because I love Jesus, and this has to stop. And I think maybe some of the suburban folks with the nice khakis and the sweet house and the couple kids and whatever, we give them a lot more rope because they're like, there's no way they can't handle themselves. Look at them. They're doing just fine. It's not true. Give dudes a pass on porn their whole life. Yeah, I'm still struggling. Yeah, I'm still struggling. What's Why? I get it. I know why. Is there any reason you've allowed yourself enough rope here? Is there any reason there's a computer still in your house? Is there any reason you have a smartphone? You don't want to quit. If you want to quit, you'd be having an analog phone. And you'd still be paying bills by hand if it was important to you. This would stop. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's the core of it. We are, we, are um, we, don't, we don't believe in the inherent evil of sin we do not believe that we can get caught and i don't know why people don't believe it like I, I certainly believe it uh that that i am that i could be prone to things that i would um that would surprise me um and and you're right like it doesn't take it takes one step 
for example, to switch to a smartphone to an analog phone. That's one step. And you're talking about people who can arrange sex with underage children and can figure out a way to do it without getting caught by their wife, without getting you know, caught by the authorities. They seem to be able to figure this out. They can't figure out how to take two decent steps to not do it. And it's not because we can't think of it. It's because we're not afraid of it. We're, we are more willing to look and say, I will indulge this thing. I, I, don't, I, I, just, I, can't, I can't comprehend the, the, the variety on the, on the children piece. Like, um, I, I just don't, I don't understand. We, we, don't, we don't have a healthy fear of, of, of evil, and we should. We don't have a healthy fear of what that of, of the destruction makes. And maybe maybe that's it. Here's the thing, is that like maybe maybe the maybe the child rapist isn't in your church, right? But the recognize that like like th- this is the thing. This is why this is why the wages of sin bring death. Like if you wanted something that, that otherwise shocks your senses, just know that like this is going on around people that may be sitting around you and they think this is perfectly fine. Like it is a it is a falseness if we look around our churches and be like, yeah, every, you know, everyone's dealing with smoking and um, relationships with their family. We just want peace in the home and health. So they, those are the things we're praying for. We want better marriage relationships, right? It's the thing that everybody loves the marriage sermons. Here's how I have a better relationship with my spouse because that's really what my problem is. Really, I mean, we got we got deeper seated problems here, and I I, I don't know. I don't know. It's the right. It goes back to the lordship piece, right? Um, when I when I when I have a proper understanding of who God is and what He hates, uh, then I I should otherwise recognize what I hate and submit to what I'm supposed to hate because it is destructive to me. But maybe at its core, I don't believe it's destructive. Hey, this thing's not so bad. Yeah, this thing's not. Hey, I've done this before. It didn't destroy me. Uh, I, I had prostitutes when I was in college, and it wasn't a real big deal pick up a couple when I'm 40 or so and like yeah she looked a little young you know what I'm saying like, like we, I don't, maybe we just don't have the sense of hey maybe this really isn't destroying me maybe this isn't so bad yeah boy what a selfish perspective because that's the truth that is the way most people think about it that's what they said right like they, they, yeah. if you treat it as property the, the, the lens to which to look it through is, is what is it doing to me now that people obviously take the pains to not get caught they're afraid of getting caught but not afraid of actually doing it that's right, right. And, that, and, like, it's, 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 it's an inner restriction that does not exist or that we're simply not willing to fight. And it's a shame. Here's, I, get, I get it. You know, it's, it's one of those things. You can find it, Mike. You can find an accountability man on smokes because it's not shameful. Yeah. Be like, oh, oh, everyone's trying to quit. No problem. I can find an accountability man that says, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll ask you how your relationship's going with your wife. But, like, you got, you got people who are around willing to talk to you about, look, I've, I've had thoughts about something, and, and I, need, I need to talk to somebody. Because the thing is that that stuff breeds in frickin' isolation. It, it either normalizes or destroys you in isolation. And you will find yourself walking a path you never thought you'd be on because there's no one that can even identify that that's the direction you're walking. Like, I got a handful of people where, like, I, I know enough to know, like, any situation might trigger something. And so I say, hey, like, that situation seems a little dangerous. You should just keep your head up. We can at least have, because I know enough, right? But, like, I guess what we're saying is, is that like if this is something that's on your mind, speak it. You're going to have to speak it, because the thing that you want, you, the thing that you want more than actually doing it is is is, is stopping it. Even if it's, it's to not do it, yes, yeah, to not do it. You yeah. don't want to do it. Let's let's say that we don't want to do this thing, and so you know what? Like let's embrace whatever might be embarrassing now. What might have been fleeted into your head? Okay, let's 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 start there because whatever that is is way better uh, than doing it. 
than going through something. And so, like, maybe maybe we got to be, be be clear about how we deal with each other and say, look, you got it on the mind? I, we need you to say it. Get it out. Yeah, let's talk about this thing. Let's start the program. Let's let's get studying and reading and, and, and going to a counselor or whatever it is it's going to take uh, and start changing your your um, your social situation so you don't put yourself – I get it. Hey, oh, hey, it might, it might destroy my life. I'll tell you what, destroy your life and somebody else's is you go through with this thing. And it doesn't have to be that. I suppose there's a huge there's there's buckets full of stuff that might that we might hey well I don't really want to tell anybody else about that. This is the thing I struggle with on my, on my own. The thing that you struggle with on your own is the thing that will destroy you and people around you. Guaranteed. It will express itself in the end of your life or in the destruction of your life and probably at somebody else's expense. Every time. That's what destruction looks like. You you can you can you almost never set off a bomb that only takes you out. That's not how it works. You're taking somebody with you. And, like, they're not thinking about the girl. They're not thinking about the person that they're doing this to. That's the nature of selfishness. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, I get it. Like, I, it's not going to occur to you. Like, if, you're, if your life is so self-centered, like, you'll get lost in that. And you will make terrible, awful decisions that harm other people because you're so freaking selfish. And, and part of the ways that you do that is, you keep, is not being so isolated. And allowing people to say, hey, you're thinking about yourself here. This is selfish. You should not do that. Whatever. I, there's, I'm sure there's a hundred solutions and it's a minor one. But like, I don't know. It's somewhere. I mean. There's a way to start. It's somewhere to start. It's somewhere to start. I mean, and, and heck, I mean, even after this conversation, maybe it's time to take a good hard look at you. A good, a good hard look at what you're hiding and what you need to get out on the table because it's, it's a log spec. You know what I'm saying? Clean it up so you can help. So you can help clean. Yeah. Hey, you're listening to Live from the Path. Um, thanks for hanging out with us so far. It's, it's actually we're, we're um, it's a pretty long show tonight. I, I appreciate you guys hanging out um, for these conversations. If you got anything you want to share with us on it, um, use the line five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. We'd like to hear from you. Maybe you got some suggestions for us. Hey, you, you heard us talking about, it and you're like, hey, I got some first steps that we think would be helpful, or I'm involved in um, trying to help in one way or the other. We'd like to hear it. Um, I think that's I think that's true. I, I find that. Um, um, I know a lot of Christians who are just like, I don't even know what the right next step is. I'd be willing to take one, but I don't know what it is. And we are like stymied by uh, indecision and inability to, to, to do anything. Um, and so if we can find a first step, maybe we can take it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, let us know, 515-517-0085. Uh, i tell you what we're going to do. We are, we're going to leave that uh, for our show tonight. We're going to skip the uh, No Dear Life from the Path. That's what you call for. Don't worry. There's, I mean, we've done one literally every show prior to this point for a decade. Yeah. Go back and enjoy one of those. <laughs> uh, hit up the podcast. Uh, but we're going to call this a night. Um, we're going to. We'll try. We'll see if we can get um, talk talk to uh, Vanessa McNeil and maybe talk to her about what this looks like in our local context. Um, also, uh, maybe put the thing on that Leviticus thing. And maybe there's some elements of those of here that cross. Um, and then if it, and then from a personal level. Um, you know, like Mike was talking about, maybe this is the time, guys. Like things you've been holding back from folks who, um, who you've given permission to speak into your life. Maybe this is the time to make sure you've been super clear about what your deal is. Um, if you don't, if, if if you're isolated in that thing, I know it sucks. Um, I know it feels like it's going to be rough, and here it, it might very well be. Um, but let's let's hate let's hate the thing so much that we're willing to go through whatever inconvenience or embarrassment or or difficulty that you think it is to talk about this thing that you might be thinking or feeling about. Um, Let's let's do that now. Um, now's the time to do that, and take and and feel free to take some pretty firm measures about it. Um, 
you know, Jesus talked about um, cutting off your arm. I, I think we're, we're, we're to understand that as hyperbole, but, like, not the implication. The implication says, look, is this thing is causing you trouble. How willing, how willing are you to say, um, I don't want any part of this? Um, and our, if our willingness only extends to say, well, I'm going to put a password on the site and maybe have some guy track what I'm doing online. Uh, if you got if your problem if that's not enough to to deter you, then you need to find better deterrence. Um, and and takes and, and some of the measures like it, it seems extreme to switch to an analog phone. That's not extreme. Grand scheme, that's not your arm off, no. fella. That's regular living, man. Yeah. What do you care? Yeah. What do you care? Yeah, I won't be able to do blah blah blah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, for what might be sitting on the other side of that, wreck your marriage, wreck somebody else's life, blah blah blah. Maybe you know. Get a flip phone. Yeah. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, we need to. We need to find a provider. Of, uh, we need. What's the jitterbug? What do the old people use? I'm not hip to old people. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Damn. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a Christian provider of flip phones we can hook up with. All right. Even anyway. Um, so we will. We will catch you next week. Um, uh, in the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to live from the path.